Hello, everybody. Episode 61. 61 of the Music Video Land podcast, brought to you by your extremely good friends, the type of friends you put in your will at the very bottom after the family members. You give them a glove or something like that from your childhood that means something to you. Those type of friends at imvdb.com, the internet music video database. Uh, my name is Adam, as I said, and then with me from beautiful Boynton Beach. Uh, Florida, a lot of great Chipotle's around that area is uh, Doug Klinger. How are you, Doug? Super good. Just had some Chipotle. It was great. Thanks for telling everyone about that. Mm, there's a lot of them down there. I prefer Moe's, but we won't get into that. Ooh, you know, that's a whole different conversation. We might have. We have, an, we have another. That. We have another podcast on that topic. <laughs> so check that out. Chipotle vs. Moe's, the podcast. And uh, in this episode of Music Video Land, we're talking to Claire Carre, who is um, a music video director, uh, who has directed some uh, music videos that we really enjoy, we really wanted to talk to her, such as Paper House by Helena, uh, Stay Young, Go Dancing by Death Cab for Cutie, and one of my favorites, which is an interesting video, Good Girls Like Bad Boys by Jaden Maria. Um as well, she also directed a video for C- uh, Sia or Saya soon will be found, um, which is a, a, a really neat video. So, um, Sia, Sia, oh, excuse me. Um, so, and we, you, I think it's very important to mention also that in the Good Girls Like Bad Boys video, um, Flo Rida is the featured artist, and Flo Rida had to be shot at a different time and location. And uh, I love music videos where that is the case, and they're able to do it with success because the ones I actually probably love the ones that do it without success better because <laughs> it's so hilarious and obvious. But I think that it works really well in, in this case. So. That's uh, right. We wanted to talk to somebody who who has done that. So we asked uh, we asked Claire about that. You'll also hear some some different story. You know, we've heard about onset stories before, but um, uh, you'll you'll need to stick around to listen to the uh, very interesting and a story about uh, making stay young, go dancing, and um, how why why I wish we were both there. Um, and we also talk about sign language. Mm, that's right, yeah, and Doug drops a little bit of uh, sign language uh, name dropping on everybody. And we'll, and we'll link in the show notes my sweet sign language moves. Mm, will we? Uh, so that is <laughs> uh, that is coming up in the second half of the podcast. And, you know, one of the questions we asked Claire, I'm not sure if it'll make it in an interview or not, but I wanted to mention it uh, at, at the top of the show here is, you know, she's a female music video director. We um, have interviewed female music video directors before, um, but uh, at, at this time, an article had just come out, and we wanted to ask her a, a little bit about it, and I, I wanted to bring it up now because it's a really interesting article uh, from Slate's blog. Uh, and we'll put the link in the show notes by Alyssa Rosenberg, and the title is "Can Music Videos Finally Get More Women Directing Movies and TV?" And the point not a, not a clunky title. Not a, no, actually, it's it's a two line title. It's not a clunky at all. I don't think. Um, but That's what the I said. the uh, <laughs> the point of the art article is that there are there's not a lot of women directing movies and TV. There are women directing movies and TV, but um, the the numbers are not going up as steadily and increasingly as they like to. One of the uh, statistics she cites from the Directors Guild of America is um, that women directed 15% of television episodes in the 2011-2012 season. When you and when you think of women are half the population, that is that is definitely a very low number. Yeah, in general, I, I find on um, production, on sets, there's a lot of beards flying around. A lot now, of face, is that face fair? beards. Is that fair? To, no, you know, we, no, we should mention that we're, we're, we're guys. You know, we're, I did take a Women in Political uh, American Thought seminar while in college, but we're not, mm. we're not trying to um, 
you know, speak for the ladies or anything like that here. We're just talking about the 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 gender gap, and I don't know, I don't know well, if there's also a lot of set, enough sets to say that it's it's neck beardy, but there the stats beard. don't lie. But I also think that the, I don't think there's any two people on the earth who can say that they can fully represent every woman's thoughts in the world. So I think that we can uh, we can have a stab at it and feel pretty comfortable that we're not making anyone upset. That's okay. We'll, we'll go for it then. Okay. Um, because you know, there's a very interesting th- thing happening. I think in in music videos, and I, Doug, you, I know you f- feel the same way. Is that we're running into a lot of really fantastic female music video directors. Um, and for this episode, we put together a, a list of you know music video directors who have gone on you know past music videos, and I say past you know lightly cuz that assumes that movies and TV are better than you know music videos that it's a stepping stone which we don't necessarily agree with um but and it also know, assumes that they don't go back exactly yeah so there so we put together a list of directors who have gone on you know from music videos to do television and to do um feature films and it's it's mostly it's mostly dudes in that list it's pr- pr- predominantly male yeah um i agree with that uh, do you think there's? Do you, have, do you know why? Do, do you have an opinion on why do you think that is? Well, I think that um, I guess not really. No, I, I, we can make some observations. I think. Uh, I think yeah, a lot think... of these directors are from the uh, maybe Robbie Starbuck would say legacy directors, where they were um, very popular in you know the eighties and nineties, and then moved on. I'm I'm, I'm talking about like. Um, uh, like Steve Barron and uh, Michael Bay and and that that class of 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 people and I, I'm sure there, there are women directors who did move on from that legacy era onto feature films, but there were just a lot of male directors in that area in that era. Yeah, when you think of um, you know a, a female director that kind of would you would call one of those legacy directors and and by legacy directors like somebody who was directing music videos you know in the in the 90s when there were large budgets and they were able to actually be you know very successful just directing music videos i don't think there's there's not many people who that's true for today if if any not a lot of people are, are striking it rich off music videos however back in the 90s when they were playing on MTV very frequently there were people who most likely made a lot of money making music videos and and one of those people is Sophie Mueller and she continues to direct music videos not nearly as frequently as she did back then but you haven't seen her kind of break into the the world of feature films you know any you know she's got an IMDB page but the only thing on there is you know tour documentaries and you know her her videos showing up in like compilation discs and stuff like that she hasn't you know taken on a a full length feature and another observation that that's worth making is that regardless male or female directors who make the jump sure there's the Brett Ratners and the Spike Joneses and the Michelle Gondrys of the world but for the most part you know they they get into a feature film a little bit and then they go right back to music videos because it's it's very different it's a, that's right. It's a different scene. Um, but you're right. There are the the the, the Brett and Ratners, the people who you know are known maybe more for uh, feature films, but then you know as kind of a, a secondary biography item, they also did um, uh, you know music videos. And I think Sophie Mueller is a really good example because she has a massive, massive videography, and I'm talking going all the way back to. Um, not just the '90s, but like the you know the the mid to late '80s for, for you know Eurythmics videos and Sade and you know yeah she's got she's got, she got over a, a hundred videos on on our site alone 150. and uh, 150 videos on our site alone so and and that's not that's not fully complete yet it's getting there so she, yeah she's done hundreds of videos and uh, but but not many. They, not much else beyond that that you can find. Now, and, and now going back to the Slate article, the 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 you know the director that Alyssa Rosenberg is focusing on here is, and I have always have trouble with this name, Melina um, Matsukas, who has who's definitely been on our radar for quite a while because she has been doing some really am- amazing work, and I'm talking about. Um, videos for Beyonce, like um, "Why Don't You Love Me," uh, 
and uh, also the Beyonce's Sister Solange, the Losing You video, which just came out uh, a few weeks ago, and also a lot of videos for Rihanna, S&M, Rude Boy, which is one of my favorites, We Found Love uh, So Hard, uh, Diva by Beyonce, and, and many more. Pretty and much all of Adam's favorite videos. <laughs> all, of, uh, all of Rihanna's dirtiest videos. Um <laughs> But but I think the you know the the point is that she's uh, you know doing a, a a lot of work in uh, you know music videos and she has a lot of company in in that area. I mean we have a, a list you know a mile long of really great music video female music video directors that are doing work right now. Um, who, we've had Emily Kaibach on the podcast, um, who you definitely know about. Um, Hannah Lux Davis is coming up on a on a, a podcast coming up. Um, just to rattle off a few names like uh, Sarah Chatfield, uh, Kinga Burza, uh, Senna Hamri, uh, Jessica Sanders, um, Megan Thompson, um, many female directors at the masses. So I think that you know she's focusing on on Melina Mansukas um, there. But the the larger point is 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 you know, is there a movement in the new kind of. Uh, it, you know, era of online music videos. Is there a movement of female music video directors who could be poised to break into feature films soon? Well, I think that there's a, an, another observation that's that's worth making is that you know how how music video directors in general are breaking into feature films. You know what I mean? There's there's and there's a few ways. You know, you can kind of take that name that you've built for yourself in the music video world and try to just get placed on a existing movie you know you just get you know you get signed by paramount or something to to direct a uh, a big budget movie and a lot of time that's that's what happened with uh you know some of the, some of the other music video directors in the past who have tried to make the leap into film is that they've you know just been placed into a big budget movie and it hasn't had much success um uh some that do seem to be successful is when the music video director is kind of able to kind of take the 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 feature from start to finish and really kind of be like an independent style film, which is a lot more similar to what you're dealing with when you're shooting a music video compared to like a big Hollywood, big budget, you know, film. And so, uh, you know, the example of like Valerie Ferris, who's part of the director duo Dayton Ferris, who, uh, directed little miss sunshine, who you may remember, I think it came out in 2009 with Steve Carell and, and cute children. Um, uh, you know, that's the example of, a you know, more independent style film that was deemed successful. However, um, you know, that it's a process that takes so much longer than music videos that I think these music video directors just are finding that staying in the world of music videos is just more suited to their, their, their tastes and their abilities. And I think you're, you, I mean, in that point, you, that would be on both sides of, of the gender, um, you know, of the genders of staying in the music, music video realm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think though that, you know, I mean, obviously it's both sides. So women fit into that too. I mean, I think that you are seeing a lot more women, but there are a lot more women that you can point to directly and say, Oh, that, that female and that female and that female, they all make great music videos. And then it's, it's, it's tougher to find them in the other area. But I think that's partially coming in because, you know, you're just not finding in general music video directors, kind of always knocking it out of the park when they make that transition over. Now, I'm maybe putting it on the spot, but what can you can you give me some examples of a, a music video director not knocking it out of the park when making that transition? I, I would say Joseph Kahn, who directed Torque, uh, and I'm pretty sure that's the only feature that he directed. Um, you know, he it, I, I've heard him say, you know, uh, interviews and quotes of him saying that that was uh, an experience that was unlike what he was used to in directing music videos and uh you know he's since not made another feature and has continued on making lots more music videos and, and another example would be hype williams and belly you know how hype williams has probably made a lot of money directing music videos and he tried to make a feature and it was um not good not not good <laughs> like i think that's, i was like trying to think of just like a like a more like like a smarter way to put it but yeah it's just like not a good not a good movie i mean i think that it w- there was a lot a lot of it looked great and uh you know there was some you know and and uh but yeah i mean it was it wasn't a good movie and so there are directors who are used to really just like kind of commanding their area their field you know what i mean hype williams was was the deal 
when he made belly and it kind of flopped for him. Well, I think that there's two two hypotheses then. One is of, and remember, we're talking about not the you know legacy directors that have already kind of gone through this process. We're talking about the people who are making music videos now, of which um, you know there is a, a, a large portion you know female music video directors who are make doing a lot of you know great music videos, and that is you know is. You know, are we entering into a time where going to feature films is not going to be a you know one of those goals? It it could could be one, but music videos are not just a you know stepping stone toward that. Um, Like a Sophie Mueller type career where you do nothing but music videos, that is your output. Um, Or are we going to see you know this you know music video directors going on to feature films? In, in large numbers, trying that out, you know, some will fail, some will succeed, and then, you know, as this article um, postulates, possibly a ri- raising the number of female directors in music video, or in TV, and film. So that's, I think, that's it's, it's an interesting thing over the next few years to look at the numbers, the projects that are going on, and um, and, and what happening, what's happening in that area. Well, I I certainly think if. Um you know, there of the female directors that you kind of ticked off a few minutes ago. You know, there are plenty of them that you know we definitely believe deserve to be up there. If anyone does from the ranks of the music video directors, so yeah, we, I guess we can hope it happens. But it, it's tough to know. But in the meantime, I like them as music video directors. Yes, that's that, that's it. There's nothing really profound or to go beyond that. You don't always have to be profound. You know, it will be profound though. Our interview with Claire. Yeah, a lot more profound than just you and I throwing stuff at each other. That's right. Why do we got to continue to throw stuff at each other? It's not polite. So I guess that then we should get to our interview then. Our interview with Claire Carre, the music video director slash editor um, of some pretty fantastic stuff. Go to uh, the uh, imvdb.com slash podcast. Um, you will find the episode for Claire there and in that you'll find the show notes and all of the videos that we're talking about in this interview. So if you have never watched any of her videos, go check them out definitely watch paper house by Helena. Um, good girls like bad boys by Jaden Maria and also stay young go dancing by death cab for cutie. So here we go without any further uh, delays by Doug and Adam is our interview with director and editor Claire Carre. director i live in new york city um and i think we're going to be talking about music videos that is correct and uh, you know, on your website you have work for uh you know fashion as well as advertising as well as some experimental you know visual studies so you know we're always interested in people who are doing music videos as well as a lot of other interesting things so i was wondering how did you get into the music video realm and how does that fit into everything else that you're doing um, well, I really, I started, um, doing music videos, um, you know, in the, in the nineties, I was really in, you know, I don't know, inspired by what was going on in music videos at the time. Um, and so some of my first film projects were, um, music videos and, uh, I worked as a director's assistant for a long time, um, before I started directing and I was working for, um, a director who did a lot of music videos herself. Um, and so she sort of helped me get some of my first music video jobs um, after I had done some sort of spec ones and some super low budget ones. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I did primarily music videos for um, several years. Um, and I just put my favorite ones on my website, but there's other ones. <laughs> um, and um, and um, now I'm, I'm, I still do some music videos, but I'm also doing um, advertising and I'm really into fashion films right now. And do you can you say who that director was that you're working with? Oh yeah, I worked. I was assisted um, Adria Petty. Okay, cool. Um, and and are, are we correct? Is around 2005 that you got into the music video industry around that time? 2005 was when I made my first music videos, um, but they were on spec, and I, I got my first 
job doing a music video in 2006. And then in, in 2007, I sort of stopped assisting to uh, direct music videos full time. And is that entire time, has that been in New York? Um, well, I've been living in New York for a while. I went back and forth to L.A. quite a bit. I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, for a while, I was going back and forth pretty constantly to the point where I had two apartments um, because you just never know where stuff's going to shoot. Um, but, um, but now I just live in New York. Two apart- one in L.A. and one in New York. Wow, that's, that's intense. That's like the furthest two apartments you can have in know, almost you, in the U.S. Like, the, the, the jump drive you need or like the sweater you want <laughs> always at the wrong place. Um, <laughs> how, how did New York win? Uh, well, I grew up in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's how New York won. <laughs> and in, as far as for music video work, do you find that uh, a good a good place to be a good place to be working? Um, it's really uh, it's really different. Uh, there's like really different pros and cons to uh, New York and L.A. Um, you know, studio space there's because it's just based on the the nature of the two cities like studio space is kind of hard to come by in New York and kind of expensive um, and there's a lot more equipment and that kind of stuff in in Los Angeles but you know as far as outdoor shooting locations New York looks like New York um, and there's also countryside really nearby and it just has a really different look um, and it's pretty easy to, to permit for shooting outdoors. So for exteriors, um, New York is really great. Um, and for shooting in a studio, I think LA is, is probably more convenient. And what about for like, uh, you know, people that you work with, uh, you know, other crew members, directors of photography and stuff, do you find that there are definitely a lot, a lot more of that type of, you know, crew members out, out West or, or do you find that you're able to, um, you know, find just as many out, out in New York? There's definitely a lot more crew in Los Angeles, but, you know, having lived and worked in New York for like the last seven years, I've definitely developed like a a team of people who I I work with a lot. Like I shoot a lot of stuff with the same DP and I use the same makeup artist for a lot of stuff. So I have sort of like a a core favorite people uh, that I like to work with who are based in New York. But um, there's definitely a lot, uh, a lot of options in L.A. And so I don't know, going to L.A. is definitely um, sort of there's a cornucopia of talent available and, and gear. Um, but it's, you know, when living in, when you're in LA, um, it's not really a surprise when someone works in some way related to the film industry. It's kind of normal. Like you go to get a coffee and the people working there, actresses and the people sitting there, like agents and screenwriters, and you walk out to the car and you're driving past another director. It's like every, you know, everyone's involved in, in some way, whether they're like, cousin where is it works in a prop house or like they you know do special effects makeup or whatever you know in new york it's when you meet someone who works in film it's really exciting <laughs> because no way me too um, so that's i don't know that's kind of fun and you know you mentioned that early you know in, in 2005 you're doing spec work for music videos so in terms of like the canonical a set of music videos for you. What would you say is is the, is the first one that you would you would put in your in your music video canon? Um, of ones that I like or ones that I've done. Well, ones that you like. Oh well, um, I mean, in you know, in the nineties, I was really inspired by um, like some of Floria Sigismundi's stuff, and um, and also Mark Romanek. I was a he was probably my favorite director as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those guys really inspired me. And then for, and then for you, you know, when you mentioned that you were making spec work in, in 2005 and really got into it in 2006, when did you, when were the first ones that, that of stuff that you made that you really liked? Well, I mean, I really liked my first, um, my first two videos that I made. One was, um, for, um, Sufjan Stevens, um, for the song John Wayne Gacy Jr. And it was, I made it all with, um, found footage um from different archives and so that was that was kind of like an editing project which didn't require any crew except for myself um and that was really fun um that's good because uh i I was sorry i was uh sometimes we get or we talk to directors and they like hate and don't want to talk about their their early work so you're 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 good with all that well i mean yeah with my you know when i was doing early work i could do whatever i wanted because there wasn't any client involved um Mm. So when you're doing on spec, it's whatever you want. <laughs> so you're um, 
Um, so yeah, so I did that one I really liked, and I did one for um, Anthony and the Johnsons um, for the song Cripple and the Starfish, um, which was, it was right when YouTube came out, um, and, you know, it was, I shot it on, that was my very first music video I ever shot, and it was, uh, I shot it on 16 in Vancouver with, like, a bunch of, with a team of ballet dancers and special effects. It was, like, it was, um, it was a really good experience. Um, but it was right around when YouTube came out, and uh, even though, anyway, he didn't really like it. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I haven't been able to show it for years. <laughs> You mentioned the first video that you did the uh, or uh, among the first videos, the John Wayne Gacy video, uh, Junior video, and um, how, how that one was primarily editing, and and a lot of the videos even today that you do, you, you're editing them as well. Do you do you see those two kind of tasks, directing and editing, as separate, or are they all kind of part of the same goal? Um, it's definitely part. I mean, for me, I think I've, except for maybe one or two, I've edited almost all of my videos. Um, it's just part of my process, I guess. Um, it's helpful for me directing and shot listing to know how I'm going to, how I'm planning on putting it together. And also sometimes during the shoot things that turn out a little differently um, than, than I was planning. And then, you know, I feel like in the edit, then I have the option to sort of rejigger it a little bit. Um, also, I, I think I'm kind of a control freak in editing. So <laughs> you don't want to have anybody <laughs> touching the, or edit it and only be able to tell them what you want. Um, yeah. So it's, it's for, better or worse I can be mad at my own editor um, um but no I, I don't know it's just I really enjoy that that aspect of you know juxtaposing stuff and, and seeing how it comes together now in terms of uh there's a few music videos of yours that we wanted to specifically mention um one of them is the good girls like bad boys video for Jade Maria from I believe 2009 which uh, featured F Flowrider, who at that time was uh, a very large star. Um, <clears throat> and there's a few things I wanted to ask about that video. One of them was, you know, uh, the, the the task of dealing with features for a music video, because, you know, in, in a lot of songs, as people know, that, uh, you know, there'll be a primary artist, and then there's, you know, a featured artist that comes in f for a verse. And then when I do the music video, sometimes I cut that out, and sometimes I include that in. And in the music video, you know, Flowrider isn't interacting with anybody. He's off, you know, in, a, in the forest, but he's off on his own. Um, so I was wondering how, you know, you as a director kind of approach having, uh, you know, another artist kind of come in the middle of a video and then have to, have to do a performance. Is, is that a challenge? Um, it wasn't It wasn't so bad. I mean, I kind of, it, I knew in advance that we would need to shoot them separately based on their availability. Um, so, you know, I, I guess it was, it was challenging, you know, budgetarily and that we had to split our budget into two shoot days, but, um, it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was fine. Um, it was definitely, you know, I haven't done a lot of videos that are, you know, someone featuring someone else. I think that's the only one that I've, I've done like that. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, it was definitely a different, you know, experience. <laughs> um, his shoot was definitely a lot different than hers. Like hers was actually out in the, in the forest in New Jersey with like a bunch of, you know, kids and all that stuff and and his was in the middle of the night in a you know a studio in brooklyn um with a lot of you know entourage and stuff that's right he's the kind of guy who comes with uh who comes with an entourage which is all, always trailing him i would imagine jaden maria is not has doesn't have an entourage following her she is i mean she she had some pals but it was you know <laughs> difference but uh I think I think I'm trying to remember. I think he didn't show up to the shoot until like two in the morning. We were hanging out, and gradually the entourage in increased, so we knew he must be. <laughs> now you mentioned that you're a fan of '90s music videos, as are we. And I, is there an influence on Fiona Apple's Criminal for that video in the in the in the scenes, the indoor scenes? Definitely. Um, the sort of like we used a kind of like I mean in the in the Fiona Apple criminal video it's it's very much inspired by those like surveillance cameras mm -hmm. they there are these really like smooth pans um in that video but we used a similar lighting technique for the interiors in that with like a ring light around the camera that so that what was in the center would be illuminated as we were like moving across different um you know different extras I yeah, I love seeing the callbacks to earlier videos because I think um you know a lot of you don't see that as much anymore, so it's really, uh, really fun to see. You know, using that technique and kind of, you know, putting it in a new light in a 
modern era? I mean, what, in terms of the era that you were really into music videos in the, in the 90s, did you have a, a certain set of years? Oh, uh, I mean, not, not, not that exact. I just, you know, I always really, I always really liked music videos and I liked, um, I guess for, for me, especially like being as a young teenager in high school being, you know, 14, 15, 16, like seeing, it was really exciting because it was a, like an experimental form that you could see on television at night of mm -hmm. filming that, um, you know, I didn't really, I mean, have, it was like a mainstream access to some really like experimental, um, techniques. Um, there was a lot of like super shallow focus and like a lot of like wild color corrections and, you know, backwards film and, and stuff like that, that it was, I don't know, it was exciting for me. And another uh, specific video we wanted to ask you about was the the Sia uh, Soon Will Be Found video. And um, this video is particularly interesting for me because I took um, several years of sign language in high school and college. So when I first saw this video, I got uh, super excited. And I've got like super long line of questions about this one, which I probably <laughs> won't ask them all because we won't make this just about sign language. But uh, I guess originally, uh, you know, first off, like where did the concept of incorporating American sign language into this music video come from? Um, it actually originally came from Sia. Um, she had done a little bit of sign language in a previous video and was um, into it. And so um, one of the requirements when writing the treatment was to incorporate that in some way. And so then after you know, that you, you've got that in the brief where did you like do like research in, in it or did you just kind of like, did you find a kind of sign language troupe to like get involved with it or something like that? What was that, that process from that point like? Well, I mean, once I, I mean, I wrote like the video is very much, um, very much in keeping with the treatment. Like the treatment really spelled out how exactly the video turned out, which is, you know, one of those examples where did not, not a lot changed in the edit. It was really sort of planned out in advance but um so I had I had a plan and sort of what a, conceptually what I was interested in is like that you know sign language is a form of communication that uses the body and uses hands um and also like sort of the working with that and then working as with dance as a, a form of communication that uses the body as well and so where like sort of putting those two together and juxtaposing that was something I was sort of interested in um in the video um, once I actually got the video, um, I worked with, you know, there was a bunch of people involved. I worked with um, a guy named Keith Wan, um, who's a ASL translator and does like um, uh, coda comedy um, about, um, you know, deafness and sign language. And so he's like a stand-up comedian um, in that in that realm. Um, mm. And so I worked with, he He had been doing a series on on YouTube that would teach you how to sign um, your different songs. And so I worked with him, um, to, uh, come up with the, with the sign language for, for the video. Um, cause you know, like, as you know, there's a, you know, multiple ways to express something. And so kind of worked with him on the meaning of that. And then he and Sia and I worked together, um, you know, to learn it, um, from him. And he also made a video for both of us that we practiced with. So by the time we came to the shoot, you know, we were, um, both she and I, like, knew all how to, to sign the, the song. I didn't, you know, I didn't learn uh, ASL beyond that, um, unfortunately. Um, but it really made me excited to do it more. And then I, I um, as far as the, the dance went, we, I worked with um, deaf choreographer um, who uh, sort of came up with some of the, the moves and was, you know, since she was fluent in um, ASL, was able to incorporate that into um, that sensibility into the dance. Um, we also got, um, the guy who was in there will be blood to come out and, and be in it, which was really cool. Oh, the, the guy who the plays the son. Uh -huh. in that movie? Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. W was there any kind of, um, kind of like response or, or, or feedback from, you know, like the deaf community or anything like that from the video? Oh, uh, the, the feedback was really positive. Um, you know, which was great. I know it's like, it can be a sensitive thing. Like when you're, you know, it's not, you know it's not exactly my world. And I know there can be sensitivities when you're, you know, touching on a world that's really um, important um, to, you know, different groups of people. But um, overall, like, I feel like the response was really great. And, um, and I, I think part of that was because we had so many um, people from the, the deaf and hearing 
impaired and ASL community work on the video. I think if we had just been like kind of half-assing it in that regard, um, <laughs> you know, not maybe not have gotten such a positive response. Now you uh, have released a music video very recently on uh, October 7th, so just uh, less than a week ago, the uh, Paper House by Helena video, which is, uh, I really love this video. It's such a visually um, rich video, you know, a lot of white, a lot of uh, really interesting imagery. And I was wondering if you could just, to start with, take us through the 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 concept for this video you know as you pitched it to Helena for this video um well I mean I guess the the overall idea was to sort of show the the different aspects of nature um because like in you know often you know, nature is thought about as like oh it's it's flowers and butterflies and like the language you know we were we were talking about like the language of flowers like from the Victorian era and stuff like that is all um has this very like sweet romantic quality, but there's also this really dark, uh, ominous, violent aspect of, of nature with um, that it's kind of like chaos and um, can be you know spiders and all that sort of stuff. So it was, and you know, and also the like, I mean, and also another aspect of it is that you know like flowers are plant sexual organs, and so like dealing with sort of like sexuality through plant life and insects um was sort of the the overall idea for the video yeah because when i when i was watching it my uh my latent um the the film school part of my brain went off and i was seeing you know triggers you know like not just the flowers but you know like the venus flytrap which obviously has a, a very you know this uh, you know loaded connotation in terms of you know it, it's it's visuals were you guys the, was there for the flower visuals that you chose? You know what what kind of um, motivated you to choose? You know one over over the other. I mean, you're totally right. Like basically, the ones that look the sexiest. <laughs> <laughs> the sexiest flowers, nice. You know, I mean, like when you when you start looking, some look pretty uh, similar to some aspects of female anatomy. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that that was kind of, and also just different a range of colors and stuff. Yeah, because as the video progresses, you know, it's it is white, and then you know she's all of a sudden has you know the the colored makeup. There's bits of color, and then um, she's in a completely dark room, and you're getting a lot of rich you know reds and the pomegranates. Um, you, what was the what was the idea behind that that uh, progression from the you know the very white to the to the dark? Well, I mean, I think when like listening to the the lyrics of the the song, it's kind of about how she's in this you know. She's innocent. She's in this paper house, but she wants to be sort of set set free and be touching fur and all this other stuff. So it it kind of it's in my mind. I sort of imagined her a little bit like a, a seeress that's sort of trapped with these visions of the future in this sort of innocent land, kind of like the the princess from uh, Never Ending Story. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she kind of she starts sort of realizing her own sort of sensuality and, and developing that and sort of is free to to take action in a certain respect so that's by the why the end by the end she's not really in our sort of like lace tent um anymore and she's free to sort of move around um and also sort of showing the change between like the the really sort of pretty pretty flowers and feathers and fur and all that stuff and like beetles and and worms and praying mantises and like drippy, sexy, drippy flowers and, and stuff like that. And, and when you're, when you pitch a, or, you know, submit a treatment for a video like this, what, what's included in that, in that, or for any video for that matter, what's included in that treatment? Is it just a uh, kind of a text-based treatment that's, you know, de- describing what's going to be seen or is there, um, you know, some kind of score storyboarding or anything associated with it as well? Um, I don't, um, my treatments are very visual. Um, I don't usually storyboard, um, although I sometimes do later on in the pro- in the process, but not during the treatment phase. Um, but I um, use a lot of visual references, um, so my my treatments are often kind of lengthy because they're they're full of you know full pages and four ups of, of pictures that I think are relevant. You know, based on you know depending on how specific the the treatment gets, like on different sections or different categories, and sometimes down even to like different showing different techniques or. 
Another video that I wanted to, to t touch on is the Stay Young, Go Dancing for Death Cab for Cutie, which is a very, I don't want to say sentimental, but it has a, a definitely emotional uh, value to that. Um, you know, and, you know, when you're doing videos, you know, very visual videos like the Paper House Helena video and the, and the you know, the Show Me the Night by Jump Jump Dance, um, what are the challenges of doing a video that, that is, you know, in the space of a song? supposed to you know have a little bit of uh, emotion to it is does the song help or is it really up to you for the for the visuals to create that oh uh, i mean i think it it depends on the song like hopefully you have a good song uh, <laughs> and you know the, the emotions there and you're just you know supporting it visually but you know sometimes you have to kind of make it happen um um uh, but I, I i really like doing both kinds of videos i like doing really um like visual and more abstract videos. And I also really love doing narrative videos. Uh, and um, the Death for Cutie video is definitely in that camp. Um, and it was probably one of the, I mean, I haven't, I did, I shot that, it was the only video I shot last year. Um, and it was really fun. It was a really, like, really good experience. How so? Uh, well, it was just a good, uh, just kind of like a good vibe. <laughs> um, we, um, we rented a, we shot it at a house uh, in, sort of upstate New York, about an hour and a half away from the city. And uh, it was an old sort of farmhouse type place. I think it was from like the 18th century. It was pretty old. Um, that was now like a yoga retreat center. Um, and it was a really small crew of mostly, you know, crew that are now also my friends. Um, and so it was a small group of us who went up there and we shot a little bit. The first day we shot with two actors me, the DP, and the makeup artist. That was the whole crew. Because <laughs> um, wow. so, we wanted to, sh you know, I wanted to shoot as much as possible. So we shot, like, we pre-shot before the shoot day a bunch of stuff of them, uh, of, like, the them dancing in the barn and all the stuff in the rain because it was raining. So we thought we'd shoot it. Um, and, uh, but then, like, that night, like, we all, you know, the whole crew, like, we, we stayed there. Not the whole crew, but, like, the key crew stayed over and, um, you know, we made pasta together and we hung out with the actors. And then, you know, we all slept over and woke up and, and shot the next day all day. Um, so it was kind of, I don't know, it was like a very friendly, you know, sort of like casual. I mean, certainly we got little sleep and shot a, a very long day the next day. But it was, uh, I don't know, it was just had a good, there was a good attitude going on, I guess. Everyone was there because they wanted to be there and sort of have fun. And I wanted to ask you about the the performance portions of, of your videos because a lot of times you'll see, um, you know, artist performance portions of music videos, and it and it seems so out of place and really like forced in there, like the artist just needed to be in the video. And and you know, we found that a lot of times the the performance pieces in your videos seem to really kind of you know help you know bring the the emotions of the video forward. And, and I was wondering, is there any kind of like coaching with the actors involved, or excuse me, of the of the artists involved in those? performance sections or you know does a lot of that come from them naturally because they're pop stars uh i mean i've tended to mostly mostly work with singer songwriters and frequently work with first time um artists like doing their first music video or you know on their first album so they don't have a lot of performance experience um frequently i mean in the cases when an artist does have that that's amazing um but uh, but often I'm you know working like with um, with Helena it was like her her second her second video um, with you know when I shot Brett Denon it was one of his first videos when I shot Josie Balin it was his her first video Lucy Schwartz it was one of her first videos like Jaden Maria it was her first video you know so I've done a lot of like sort of first videos for people Audrey Sessions first video so um, there's definitely a lot of, of a lot of coaching that that goes on I think one of the one thing that artists usually don't realize is that you actually have to sing. They're kind of expecting to lip sync. <laughs> it's a music video, so it's not really a performance. But um, it, you know, so that's kind of the first thing you have to talk about is that you really, you know, you do need to actually sing because you can see your breathing and the, you know, it just it just looks different when you're lip syncing. It just looks fake. So, um, and as a result, you know, like when you're planning on just lip syncing something, you haven't really necessarily practiced the exact timing of your song. Um, so that, that's definitely something that I've come across a lot with, with, um, with first time, uh, with artists doing their first music videos that they're not really expecting to, to, to sing or anything. 
That's interesting. I never thought of that because, yeah, when you're just mouthing the words, you tend to just kind of open and close your mouths. Um, did they catch on to that pretty quick? Is that an easy hurdle to get over? Or you worked with artists where it's a, a bit of a challenge. It, it's it's a mix. I mean, you know, well, you know, the usually, but you know, by the end of the day, they definitely get get a lot better. Um, and also, editing helps because you can slip. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, that's that's a that's a sort of a common thing. I think mostly, like especially for um, new artists, they just they want to do a really good job. And they're nervous, um, and they want to look good, and all that stuff. And so I think, you know, you, as a director, you're responsible for giving them feedback on how they look and how they're coming across. And um, I don't know. I think that that's kind of the the most important thing for them to to trust that you're giving them uh, accurate feedback on how they're doing, um, so that they trust that when you say like okay, just barely, you know, barely emote at all. Like we just, you know, one, one thing I try to explain, um, to, especially to, to new artists is that it is all going to get edited together. And so sometimes I, I find that it's useful to do different sort of performance takes that some are more, that are more intense and some that are more, um, subdued so that in, in the edit, you can choose which moments you want to have a different, uh, you know, emotional level. Now, last week there was an, an uh, article in Slate by Alyssa Rosenberg specifically about, um, you know, the women in music, directing music videos, um, you know, talking about like Melina, Melina I'm going to murder her last name, Matt Saukas and, and, you know, um, Sarah Chatfield and, um, you know, a lot of directors who are, you know, directing really great music videos and also making the jump to, you know, TV and movies. Um and, and then we have you on the, on the podcast, a f- female music video director. So I was just wondering if if, if there's anything um, that you think, uh, you know, working in the music video, uh, you know, field as a female music video director, if there's anything different about your experience or, you know, any challenges or, or um, other things that you've experienced or other female music video directors that you've, you know, met or work with that or in experiences like that you can share is, is it is it different being a female music video director than a than a male one either in new york or in la do you think um you know i think that i'm maybe in the minority in thinking that it's not really that big of a difference um i don't know i i haven't felt you know dis, you know particularly discriminated against or anything um i think it just uh it's it's an attribute of you know, being a female director, it's, it's, it's an attribute that gets taken into account. Like, I think that people just assume that I'm good at working with women because I'm female. Uh, you know, I think there's just like that, that is a, assumption or like, Oh, this is like really emotional. Like, it'd be great for you. Um, <laughs> I think there, there's certain like preconceptions, but I, you know, I definitely, I haven't, you know, I, I mean, not, to you know dramatically felt like you know crew members are being like hey sugar what's your job <laughs> um in terms of like a um you know again putting on my my film school hat you know when they when you have a video like paper house which has that imagery you know it it it's, maybe it would be you know you would be seeing it through or somebody the viewer would be seeing it through a different eye knowing it was coming through a male director versus a female director do do you feel like there's a uh, you have a a different perspective to to bring it all or do you feel like that doesn't play into it that much um i mean i i feel like i my you know as a director i have my own perspective and that's you know what i'm bringing to to every project i certainly think there's a lot of male directors that are really great at um you know shooting uh, you know sexy and sensual videos i you know i wouldn't really i think there's probably there's male directors that are much better at it than i am um so I, I mean I don't I, I I do think like as far as like audience response I do think that when you like like you said like um, like oh like it's a female director doing a female thing so like it's cool <laughs> <laughs> um but I don't know I I guess I don't see it as is that much of a, an issue I mean I, I there is definitely a lot there are definitely a lot more male directors in music videos and you know commercials and all that stuff but. I don't, you know, I don't really see it as a problem or anything.
recorded in, in Ohio. You were in Ohio. You were in Ohio, right. I wasn't in Ohio. It's important I, to mention that. I've never been to Ohio. You've never been to Ohio? Literally. It's a, sw- it's a swing state. We all, we, well, I'm in a swing we, state. You're, well, actually, ours is, is pretty much. You're not, you're not so swing. Romney. Yeah, you're not so swingy. I'm a little swingy. But Ohio, that's a swingy. That's this a is very a, swing state. This is a dumb conversation. No, it's um, not a dumb, dumb conversation. This is the election year. Everybody's talking about elections. Yeah, but this is not the time nor the place. Uh, it you is know the time. It, yeah, we both saw that coming a mile away. What? Our transition here. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, you know what it is the time or the place for is Picks of the Week. Hmm. Do you have one? Of course I have one. There's so many. It's been a big week for music videos. It's been a big week for music videos. Um, and since uh, going back to our presidential thing reference, we're going to pretend that there was a coin toss before this podcast. And mm-hmm. you won the coin toss, wait, Governor wait, Adam. I can do the coin toss right here. I'll find it. Oh, do it. I don't know. Heads. Heads you first. Heads is you first, oh, Governor wait, Adam. Find the coin. Governor Adam, that's Hold stupid. On. I'll flip this beer cap. No, no, no. Let me get a coin. I got one in here. <laughs> Yep. Okay, here we go. I got a coin. Ooh, shit. Okay, heads, heads, you go first. This is exciting tails, radio. And uh, tails, you go first. No, tails, I go second. Damn it! It's all the way across the room. It is tails. Tails. Okay, I'll go first. I My forget already. What does that mean? I'll go first. Uh, I'll go first. The, okay. coin, the coin flip became meaningless, but it's okay. Cause no, no, no. no. Was that tails means I go first? No, it's, it, I, I did a funny grandpa joke where I said, oh, heads, you go first. Tails, I go second. I said that, but <laughs> if it, <laughs> I'm just going to go because... I don't know how math works. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and go because I have a great pick. Um, my pick of the week is by a man named Action Bronson, and the song is called The Symbol. Um, the video is directed by Rick Cordero. I'm bad at names. Uh, this this video is essentially uh, if you ever seen uh, Shaft or any kind of 70s film starring a strong, more than likely black lead. It's called black exploitation. It's called black. This type of film is called black exploitation. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be a black guy. It originated that way. Um, but since then, there's a lot of remakes and parodies of this style of film, this 70s style of kind of like, you know, badass kind of dude just t- kicking ass, taking names, and kissing honeys, and doing more with honeys. But anyway, there's a lot of remakes, Foxy Brown and, Sh- and Shaft and, and uh, you know, badass and um and even 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 like uh austin powers gold member and and super bad with seth rogan and jonah hill those are all kind of parodies of these black exploitation films and now added to the list is action bronson the symbol to this era of black exploitation parodies and it is very very well done um i'm sure this isn't the first music video that's explored this area but it is done so great and it's mainly because of action bronson <laughs> the uh the the violence is kind of like very comical he's like uh like just like kind of throwing his arms aimlessly at, at these criminals and dudes and hitting them in the head and there's just these, like cheesy sound effects and he's making people drink ammonia and it's really just a great music video for everyone to watch mm-hmm. so just do it you don't drink week. ammonia that's bad for you right no, I'm not suggesting drinking ammonia. I'm suggesting watching the music video. Oh, okay, that's an important includes, distinction. It trouble. includes it. Yeah, no, nobody... Listen, you knew what I was saying, as did everyone, because they know that I'm suggesting checking out Action Bronson, the symbol, Ducklinger Pick of the Week. So my Pick of the Week came out to, on the 23rd, October 23rd, 2012, and it is by... Are you an Interpol fan, Doug, at all? Interpool? Interpool, yes. Of course. Okay. I, I knew, know of them, not really familiar, but uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Paul Banks, who used to release under the name Julian Plenty, uh, is the lead singer of Interpool, and this is from his uh, um, 
solo album, and it's called Young Again, and it's directed by Sophia Peer. And uh, this is, if you listen to his solo album, he's got a, a great song called I'll Sue You, uh, which is really funny. And so, it, so he's a funny guy, and this music video is also a little bit of a mix of kind of funny and sweet. It's, it, the premise is, you know, he's young again, uh, or the song is called Young Again, and he goes into the school, uh, he's dropping off his kids. And I, I guess, you know, it's not really clear, but he seems to be imagining what it would be like to be young again. And, you know, the easy path for this would be to get, like, a kid to play him as, you know, like his younger self. But in this, he's basically just dressed up as his adult self. And the school is not full, full, of, full of children, which is probably a, a more of a production limitation than anything. Um, but, you know, he, he walks down a hallway and there's nobody in it but, you know, like a little group of bullies. Uh, and they trip him, and then the person who who picks him up is this really ridiculously gorgeous teacher uh, played by Susie Simpson. Um, so, I, so I, you know, after watching it a few times, I believe you know he's 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 back young again, but he's his older self. And they're judging by his general demeanor and how he feels about being there, which is very uh, dejected. Um, and kind of detached from his surroundings. Uh, by the end, he gets to do something which I'm sure all of us wished we could uh, do in our adult bodies instead of our kid bodies when we were younger, and that is play dodgeball. So the video ends with him just pegging these really innocent-looking kids with dodgeballs really hard. Um, and there's this great shot of the video where there's this cute little girl who mouths that really hurt in slow motion um, and it doesn't look like they were using um, stunt dodgeballs so at some point in this production process they were chucking dodgeballs at children but anyway it's a it's a fun mix of um, kind of humor and you know it's something that could be easily lost to something really kind of saccharine and, and, and sappy and, and not really enjoyable to watch, but uh, they give it a little bit of twist of humor, and it works really well. So that's um, Young Again by Paul Banks, directed by Sophia Pierre. What are stunt dodgeballs? Stunt dodgeballs are things that I invented in my head <laughs> right now, and they are dodgeballs that don't hurt. Oh, man. I wish those were invented. They outlawed dodgeball in some places, I heard, on, on Snopes. I didn't really hear it on Snopes. You don't hear things on Snopes. I know. You go know there that. and unhear things. <laughs> um, the other video that I, uh, did you see? Did you see the video I was talking about this morning with the? Um, no, I used Snopes to unhear that. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? It's not on here anymore. What video? Hooked by Kaylee Swanson. What? Did you see that video? Hooked by Kaylee Swanson. Yeah, I mean, I saw that you posted the blog post about it. Where's the video, though? It's uh, it's on the site. It's on the blog. Um, oh, it didn't come out today? No, no, a few days ago. Oh, here it is. Here it is. But I highly recommend watching this Watching this video. Mm, this is going to be a weird part to cut together. Um, this is a great episode, I think. This is every episode is... Great. But this one was a couple of dudes talking about women... <laughs> <laughs> People care about what we think about yeah, that. Yeah, so. people, people, especially now. I'm not just some guy. I took an, a woman in American political thought class. Right, and, and I have two sisters. I have zero sisters, but I had I had to read um, a book, by, like a, a, a book ma- by a woman. No, no, no. This is a book called Herland, which was like a it was like a fantasy novel about a, a, a like a, a society of just women. Mm. How'd that work? It was it was it was pretty good. No, I mean procreation. Mm, oh, I don't know. I think they just had to like think about it, and it happened. It was weird, but it was it was a good. It's a crazy world. It's a crazy world. It's a there crazy. Was a class? There was a class that made you read the book. Yeah, hmm. at a Catholic university, no less. That's great. Um, Jesus. And on that note, have a great week, everyone. Uh, sign up for our Facebook page. <laughs> what? You can't <laughs> sign up for a Facebook page? Is there like a... 
Go to Facebook like if, and it's like they're like a clipboard with a pen, <laughs> like a string uh, right next. Sign our, sign our guest book. <laughs> now go down. I uh, go to IMV the or IMVDB Go down and look at our counter. <laughs> sign our guest book, and if you and if we're not done with any page yet, there'll be a little graphic of somebody a Mow little under lawn. construction, right? Because it was uh, the closest we could find in the in the in the emojis that were available. <laughs> there was no guy fixing anything, but mowing the lawn. We were like, people will get it. That's good enough. We're going home. podcast.